Okay, welcome back, Scott. Um, thanks for coming back after our conversation the other day uh, where we got the update of your whole history. And to anyone out there, if you haven't listened to it, go back and listen to Scott's story about um, where he started and how he's now ended up as the chief pilot for Jim's Drones and the, uh, the fr um, divisional franchisor. Um, but Scott, could you just give us a quick fill-in again for those that may not have heard our last podcast, um, just a quick summary of your backstory. Yeah, g'day Paul, g'day everyone. It's uh, nice to be back. It's always good to have a chat. You know, I'm uh, partial to a bit of a chat here and there. <laughs> <laughs> That's um, just, just a little bit going back on uh, on what we discussed last time. Um, from South Australia, born and raised, grew up in the Brossa Valley. Uh, which is where I got my love of uh, wine. And uh, I joined the military at 18, uh, went off and uh, served uh, throughout all parts of the world, uh, including Afghanistan, Iraq, and uh, ended up becoming air crew on C-130s, uh, which then sort of led into moving into the intelligence field as an intelligence officer. I ended up doing 18 years in total and uh, got out in 2013. And uh, after that, I sort of did a few little odd jobs and, and things around the, the traps. Uh, and uh, a friend of mine who I joined the military with actually uh, came over with a drone and uh, we, I took him around South Australia to, to show him what we, what we have down here and the results of the imagery that he could get from this drone was amazing. And uh, his father was actually uh, taught live power line inspections from helicopters and the... the, the, the idea just sort of came to me that why can't we do live power line inspections with drones and and what one thing led, led to another and the next thing I, I, uh, I thought that uh, it'd be really good idea for myself who has experience in aviation and is devoted to safety and compliance throughout my history or throughout my sort of working history that I would be a good fit for a, a new industry such as the drone industry because I could just see uh, how amazingly technically um, advanced uh, drones are and, and, and what they're going to start producing in the future was was something really, really clear that there is so much data and information that you can get using a drone because you just can't get that view from from any other way unless you're using helicopters. Um, yeah. You know, so basically that, that came to me that drones are going to be the future and the more research I did, I could see that uh, there was a real need for people that were uh, disciplined and focused on safety and compliance to be in that field, and I felt that I fitted into that category and uh, ended up getting my drone licence and commercial licence, and uh, one thing led to another. It led me to gyms through yep. uh, through a best one of my best friends, and uh, and next thing you know, I'm the chief pilot and uh, <laughs> subdivisional for drones in Australia, and uh, it's all been such a whirlwind, but so incredibly exciting and rewarding um, being part of the growth and, and uh, uh, start of this industry and, and ensuring that as we move forward that people are doing the right thing and that's really important for all of us. Fantastic, fantastic. And look, I know in our last um, podcast we had the discussion about we we're going to touch on um, agriculture today and the change yep. drones are making to the agricultural industry. And... Part of that, I think you just mentioned there, is the data that is just available that drones can generate now. But I think 
could you just explain to everyone, and if I get this wrong, please correct me because I'm not the expert. No, the fine, expert. No, 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 I understand no. that you're now using this latest technology called Red Edge where most others out there are using, is it NDVI or something like that? Yeah, that's correct. What, yeah, that's correct. Also, yeah, so NDVI stands for Normal Vegetation Density Indexes. And it's been something that's been used for quite some time in agriculture. And basically what it does is it uses cameras and red, blue, green uh, cameras to basically um, take images of crops and, and look at the chlorophyll content in crops. Mm -hmm. um, and that by looking at the chlorophyll content, you can determine the health of crops. Okay. So basically what we use is we, we use, and as a, that's for a basic um, for a basic look at a crop, you can use an NDVI image and, and, and identify how healthy the crop is. What we do is we use a multi-spectral camera, which is the next level up from an ND, from NDVI, which is um, called NDRE. And basically what we do is, instead of looking in the red, blue, green bands, which are quite wide bands of light, we look in really narrow bands of red, blue, green, near infrared and red edge. So as a as a plant um, receives light, uh, most of the red light is absorbed by the plant to produce chlorophyll. Yep. So the healthier the plant is, the more chlorophyll it produces, but it doesn't admit that light. So in red, blue, green, you actually can't see that red edge and you can't see the infrared. Mm -hmm. So we need a multi-spectral camera like we use to be much more specific about identifying issues with crops and diseases in crops that are not only invisible to the naked eye, but they can also be invisible in NDVI uh, images as well. So, um, and recently there was a, a uh, research done by a uh, university in the States, Kansas State University, where they actually have on their website, on Microsense website, uh, they actually have details about a case study where they did just that and they found that in a crop, they did an NDVI image of this crop and everything looked all healthy and, and um, the professor that was running the research had actually been walking through this crop quite uh, a lot through the, the program. And then when they actually did an ND, uh, they did a, a red edge um, view of the crop, they actually found that there was a wheat mite that had been spreading a small, uh, that had been spreading a, uh, a disease that they had, that was invisible to them and invisible to the naked eye. And, by using Red Edge, they're actually able to identify that issue and then go and go and uh, deal with it head on. So um, we we use a Red Edge camera, so we use multi-spectral camera that's just that next level up. Next level, fantastic. So and I guess so. What just to summarise there that allows you to one identify diseases that the old technology missed. And you or can also identify um, at a much earlier stage than the That's other. exactly right, Paul. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly right because early detection is the key. There might be instances when an NDVI image may pick up these issues, but at that point, the issue might have, the horse may have already bolted and um, by using a red edge, you could have had the advantage of actually getting in and implementing a program in place to sort that issue out and potentially increase your yields because that's what this is all about. All, this is all about ensuring that farmers are getting more bang for their bark and making sure that they're improving their yields because we've got far more less water and far more um, cost restraints these days than ever before. 
So it's so important that we have that data available to them and, and we give our farmers every opportunity to make sure that they're, uh, they're making a, a living and surviving. They need all the help they can get. Yeah, no, absolutely. So if we were to look at a practical scent now, you've just told us that story, but let's say, um, you know, the, a vineyard, what could a vineyard be um, looking to, to use your services for with this camera? So certainly with, um, with vineyards, the, the things that we'll be able to pick up are diseases and pests, like we sort of just spoke about, but also looking at um, creating moisture content maps. So you can identify um, where there may be potential issues with irrigation in your vineyard. Um, and there was a recent study done in the States um, where a farm actually saved 88% on their water bill by creating water content maps using drones which um, they changed the figures from using uh, around 9,000 metres cubed of, of water coverage down to 800 metres cubed uh, over a 12-month period, um, which is obviously a dramatic saving um, because they actually only watered where they actually needed to water. They were able to identify the areas in their vineyard that was much drier and needed water, but there was areas that actually didn't need water. So mm. by, by only watering where they needed, it, needed to, they saved themselves quite a significant uh, increase in, in, in money. So, so, so 88% um, they cut yeah, their water. Yeah, so it's about 88%. They were, they were reporting, I think, um, they were saying it was around, around $11,000 in, in, in savings, cost savings uh, over that period, which was quite significant. That, that is astronomical, absolutely yeah. astronomical. I, I bet you, I bet you, mate, is it, if, if anyone, if you said to anyone that you could save them 80% on their water bill, um, <laughs> I too many people that wouldn't be interested in that. Yeah, sign me up to look at my backyard. <laughs> <That's it. laughs> um, and what about now? I've, I've heard great stories about drones and their ability to detect weeds amongst crops um, and especially exceptionally early. What's what's the go there? Yeah. So like, I, like as I touched on before, the by using our red edge camera, we're able to look at those such narrow bands of 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 colours, um, and because they are in, because infrared is invisible to the naked eye, we can give farmers up to three weeks' notice about what's happening in their crop before they can actually go out in their crop and see it. And there's sometimes, like I sort of like I just touched on earlier about um, the study done in Kansas City, uh, Kansas State University, where they actually had a, a mite that was invisible to the naked eye. So even after um, it had actually caused issues. Uh, the red edge camera was, was able to pick it up. So, um, you know, disease perfect, disease is 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 manageable if you can get onto it early. But um, you know, it's what such a killer for for yield and for further issues down the track if you don't get onto it early. Yep. And so, with that disease, is if we go back to weeds again. So, how early can you? You know, when the crops are first coming, well, I don't know the correct terminology, but when they're first pushing up out of the ground, how early can yep. you go, yep, that's crop, and no, that's a weed? How early can you detect that? Yeah, so it's it's basically as soon as the crops come up, um, we'll be able to identify it. So as soon as there is, is actual foliage, um, we'll be able to identify issues um, straight away. Because sometimes, Paul, it's not only pests that can cause issues, Sometimes it can be the application of fertilisers can be an issue as well. So I know that there's been times where um, farmers have 
caused an issue with their their fertilising ratio of of, um, con of of potency and um, have actually burnt their crop and uh, haven't been aware of it um, and have waited once it's come through and started growing they've realised that they've had major issues with it but with our red edge camera we would be able to pick up early on straight away that 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 would have been an issue and and, and given farmers a chance to actually re-sow their crop and, and, and increase their yields because obviously getting a crop starting from scratch, having um, fertiliser burn on it, um, dramatically reduces the amount of, of yield you're going to get from that crop. So it's all about saving time and, and uh, time is of the essence. And, and this is really all about creating data that farmers can use to be much more proactive in their space Mm -hmm. As opposed to being reactive, which which is generally the case with farming, where you know it's a lot of it relies on soil testing and 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 look, looking with the naked eye about what's actually physically happening in your crop. So we're basically giving this this drone is we're basically giving this drone a PhD by adding this camera to it and 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 giving people access to 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 this data straight away that day, which is most helpful because if the farmer's there with us. We can actually physically show him what's happening in his crop that he won't see for another three weeks. So it's really, you know, it's incredible what we can do nowadays. Yeah. And I understand it's not just identifying, um, you know, some of these things that occur, but sometimes you can actually also offer the solution with the drone at a cheaper rate when it comes to spraying or, or certain stuff like that. Yeah, that's certainly right, Paul. We got a, uh, we've, got a, we've got a crop spraying drone called a, a, a DJI Agris. Uh, and that has a 10-litre tank. Uh, can cover about um, 10,000 square metres per charge, uh, which works out to sort of be around 10 acres an hour, up to sort of 45 to 60 acres a day you can spray with it. Um, so, you know, it, it's 40 times, 40 to 60 times faster than manual spraying. Mm -hmm. uh, so um, these, this is part of the future of, of spraying uh, now, you know, getting crop dusters in. Um, these, the new Agris, they have a downward facing radar so they can stay a uh, centimetre perfect above the terrain. It doesn't matter what sort of terrain it is, um, these things will be able to get in there. So that, that sort of can be an issue with a lot of farmers and not just talking about um, weeds in crops and stuff like that. There's also potential weeds like blackberry bush and a few of those things that are generally in really hard to get places for farmers mm -hmm. and they it can cost quite a significant amount of money having helicopters coming in and spraying those sorts of things so that's where sort of we can come in and and not only tell them where these pests are we can also go and attack them with our drone that day as well so that's the sort of service we're looking at providing for people yeah so if i understand correctly once you identify the, the area you can just target the spray where it's needed instead of just a, a, a full coverage spray or yeah that's exactly right that's exactly right that's yeah that's exactly right mate so and not only not only uh can we can we do that we have the opportunity using our software package to identify the gps locations of where the actual crop needs fertilizer also so mm -hmm. We can punch that information into the farm management system and into the farmer's tractors. So the tractors can then automatically adjust their fertiliser application as per the GPS coordinates of where the crop needs it, as opposed to just blanket bombing the whole uh, the whole paddock with fertiliser and 
basically throwing money where it doesn't need to be spent. Yep. So that's, that's another area that we can save farmers in, in actually not just uh, identifying pests, mm-hmm. but also identifying where the crop needs to be fertilised and where it, where it uh, is suitable to, to not require it. And, and while we're touching on pests, um, I also recall seeing something recently, I think it was on Discovery Channel or something like that, where drones were really being used to save um, a large number of crops from um, birds that we were coming into, um, well, as we know, like with, with fruit trees and the like, orchards, just, you know, yeah. ravishing crops totally. And just how's that work with a, with a drone? Are you manually chasing the birds or how, what's the actual yeah. thing? Yeah, yeah. So look, there's 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 talk in the future of of having automated drones that um, operate from a base station and go out and and fly through, um, a, run a certain flight path over over crops and then go back to a base station and and recharge. Yep. Um, in Australia, our policy in Australia is quite strict on um, drones operating in space. Uh, must have a a pilot at the controls. Um, yeah. And you know that that's just that's a really important part of safety is is main, maintaining control of the drone um, in the event that it, it uh, decides to do its own thing. Um, so that that re- that technology, whether it is adopted here in Australia, that that's yet to be seen. It, it may in fact get um, adopted in Australia, um, especially with the new technology of geofencing certain areas. Now, obviously, with the Gatwick Airport. Um, issues that that were about last year and uh, now there's certain areas especially airfields and airports where the software is instantly rolled out and as you update your drone um, your drone will not be able to take off or fly into those airspace areas so that's 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 a positive for ensuring safety of 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 areas where drones could be detrimental to aviation safety but also that could be a positive thing too in the future where um, there may be times where we use drones for shark watching instead of using, you know, like the Westpac, little Westpac Cessna flying up and down the coast every half an hour um, yeah. looking for sharks. Now they're talking about having actual AI intelligence which um, is able to recognise sharks and geofencing areas where we can have drones operating back and forth um, and identifying sharks and issues like that. So um, potentially... Um, then who knows where the future is going to go with automated services like that. But yeah. at this stage, we can have pilots operating drones and flying them around fruit trees and fruit blocks um, at a far cheaper uh, rate um, than it would be for the cost of what damage these birds can do to people's crops because, um, you know, especially in almonds and, you know, crops that, that can really take a hit when you get a flock of birds through, it can be detrimental to the farmer, um, really, really hurt their bottom line. And I'm guessing it's uh, far less annoying to everyone than having the gas cannons going off every 10 minutes or so. <laughs> yeah, and, 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 and they're not cheap either, you know. Like, all that equipment's not cheap to run, and, and, and it is, it's a, it's, a cost, it's a cost versus savings uh, issue. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess the other thing is, the, the drone market, especially in agriculture and everything, it, it's really just at its infancy at this point of time. What's, you know, if I'm a farmer and I'm sitting there going, 
I'll just go out and buy my own drone. Why, why are they better off giving you a call before they go and spend 10, 20, 30 grand on a drone? Um, why is it better to give you a call, first of all? Yeah, well, I'll tell you what, there's already a lot of farmers with $10,000, $15,000 drones sitting in their cupboards um, gathering dust. Um, it, it's probably, uh, you know, when drones first came out and, and still now, um, when people fly drones, they think, oh, it's, it's pretty easy. It's just a remote control vehicle like anything else. But they really aren't aware of, of the fact that being a drone pilot is, actually, is an actual job itself, you know. You need to be fully licensed, fully certified. You need to ensure that you have a drone that is uh, up to date with its software, that it's capable of doing the job, that you're aware of what airspace you're operating in, um, and also all of those expenses that go with that um, can run into the tens of thousands of dollars. Um, and I guess, you know, a lot of people can pull their kids' teeth out, but it doesn't mean they're, they're a dentist. <laughs> <laughs> Haven't heard that one before. <laughs> that's, yeah. that, that, oh. You know, that, that's basically, it's basically the same sort of thing, you know. You, uh, we are specialised in what we do. We know exactly what we need to do, and it comes down to liability, mate. You know? um, if you hire a drone operator... Um, to yeah. do work for you, and then regardless of whether it's Jim's drones or whoever it is, if you ever hire a drone operator, ensure that they're licensed, they're certified, and that they've got a decent public liability. Because if you hire that drone operator, you are liable for whatever accidents they cause, and yeah. um, you're financially liable for that. So uh, you want to make sure that you've got your bases covered. And and at Jim's drones, we certainly have all of our bases covered. So. If you do need any drone services, remember to think drones, think gyms. And what's that number to give you a call again? Give us a call on 131546 and uh, ask for Jim's drones and your nearest drones operator will uh, be put onto you and we'll get you sorted. Cool. And if people want to speak to you directly, um, are they able to ask for you um, in particular if they just want to have a general chat? Yeah, if, they, if anyone wants just to have a general chat about um, their drone services needs, please uh, just call the call centre and ask for myself and I'm quite happy to have a chat with anyone. And it doesn't have to just be about work. You can give us a chat about any sort of regards to drones and I'll try and point you in the best direction I can. Because I'm, be, I'm guessing there might be some people out there going, well, I don't really need a drone, but I guess it's worth calling and just saying, look, this is my situation how could drones help me? And so yes, certainly. make an informed decision that way. Well, certainly, mate. You know, the, the thing is that there's there's so many new applications that are coming out for drones every day that, mm -hmm. that it's just come exactly like that. Well, I've got this problem, you know, I've got this three-storey roof. Um, I don't know. How, I want to, I've got a blockage in one of my gutters. I don't know what it is. There's no one that can get a ladder to climb up that far. I don't want to hire a, a bloody boom to get up there. You know, what do I do? Seriously, there's so many applications that drones can, can help you out. So it doesn't have to be just agriculture. You know, if there's anything that you need, anywhere that you may need a cherry picker or, or it's working at heights, um, we can sometimes give you access with um, some quality 4K video or images of what you need. So we're not just doing agriculture. We'll, we'll uh, try and support you in any way we can. 
Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I know we've got another follow-up um, interview coming next week where we're going to talk about drones in the building and construction industry and the changes they're making there. So really look forward yeah, to right. that. But, um, yeah, no worries. I think we've covered off a lot today and, um, you know, there's, I think anyone sitting there, just give Scott a call, give Jim's a call and find out how drones can most importantly, save you money and increase your crop yields at this point in time because really it's a phone call and you've got nothing to lose, just more information. Mate, absolutely nothing to lose. And the most important thing about this in agriculture and drones is early detection and the whole objective of it is to give farmers more yield for, for what, they're, what they're currently doing because they've got to do so much more with less these days. The farmers need all the help they can get and uh, getting some of this valuable data that uh, they haven't had access to before, it may be the difference between, you know, having a good year or having a fantastic year. Yep, sounds brilliant. And once again, that number for people to give you a call. It's called 131546. Ask for Scott Copeland, Chief Pilot of Jim's Drones. Beautiful. And if they want to, they can obviously find you on Facebook as well under Jim's yep, Drones. certainly. Get on to Facebook. We've got a Facebook page. We've got some really good content that comes out regularly. So for people to get onto that, like the page, share the page. And uh, if you, like I said, if you need any drone services, give us a buzz. 131546. Fantastic. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Scotty. And we look forward to Thanks, next Bob. week when we um, start talking about the construction industry. No worries. Thanks very much. Have a great day, everyone. Remember, think drones, think gyms. <laughs> See you later, mate.